On the Record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PwC on News Talk. There's been a lot of discussion in the last couple of days around the legal status and possible religious influence over the National Maternity Hospital. And as we were saying in the first hour of the programme, Stephen Donnelly, the Minister for Health, spent a lot of time yesterday on Twitter directly corresponding with people, trying to convince them that there won't be any religious ownership of the site and that there won't be any religious influence on the site either. One person who disagrees is Solicitor Simon McGar, who's with me in studio. He's uh, from McGar Solicitors and he's also a uh, writer of the newsletter called The Gist, which you can sign up to uh, on his website if you just give it a search. Um, Simon, thanks for coming in. You described the deal uh, during the week as a powder keg with St. Vincent's holding the matches. Why so? The arrangement between the parties is a landlord and tenant arrangement at its base. The landlord is St. Vincent's Hospital Group and the tenant is a company, uh, well, it will be the HSE uh, will, and St. Vincent's Hospital Group will own the building. The HSE. They'll own the building. They'll own okay, the building. I'll come back to that in a minute. And they will, um, and they will lease the building to the HSE for the purposes of providing a hospital. However, the hospital will actually be operated by a company which is ninety nine percent owned by St Vincent's Hospital Group as well. So it's 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 going to be inside the building as well as outside the building, and uh, because it's a lease, the landlord. This is the difference between ownership and and leasing. The landlord can provide for covenants and controls over what happens inside that building and how it's used. And it's your belief or your understanding that that's what they are doing in the course of these documents. They they absolutely say it in black and white. Um, You're saying that the uh, this new uh, I think it's called NMH DAC, the new company which is to be incorporated to to run the new National Maternity Hospital, 99% owned by uh, Vincent's. Um, the Minister of Health will have something called a golden share, which he would contend empowers him with the ultimate executive running of the place and to ensure that, for example, all legally available procedures are operated there. Yes, that's the last 1%. He yeah. has the 1% in a golden share. Now, the golden share has a great deal of what are called reserve powers given to it. And those reserve powers read very strongly when you read them un- until you realise that they can only be um, activated inside the object of the hospital. Okay. So so the hospital has to act according to clinical appropriateness and whatever is legally permissible. Yes, yeah, so this this would be in the the proposed constitution of this new National Maternity Hospital DAC designated company. Yeah. And uh, the, the principal object and I've got the document open in front of me and I, I by the way I'm very mindful that uh, reading out legal documents uh, on radio is, is not necessarily the most stimulating listening but this is the the nub of the whole uh, dispute really. The principal object for which the company is established is the promotion of health, in particular that by the provision of all clinically appropriate and legally permissible healthcare services, including research by a maternity, gynaecology, obstetrics and neonatal hospital and a range of related health services in the community. Do you have some concerns with that wording? So what we have is everything that happens inside the hospital is subject to two tests. And that those two tests are written into every one of the documents that were released by the, the minister so last month. Not only legally permissible, but also clinically appropriate. That's right. And unfortunately, and it's the fulcrum on which the entire agreement hangs, nobody has defined clinically appropriate in any of the documents. So we don't know how that will be defined or interpreted for the next 299 years by every possible combination of Minister for Health Mm. and court. Now, the state has been, and the the government particularly in the last couple of days, has been trying to argue that uh, these words clinically appropriate are relatively novel in documents like this. And what they're trying to distinguish when they say that is that 
this is a maternity hospital. It's not going to be getting involved in oncology or it's not going to be getting involved in dialysis or a whole branch of other, uh, a whole realm of other branches of medicine. The point of this is to be a maternity hospital and that's the term of the lease. So when they say clinically appropriate, what they mean is we are providing all services that are in concord with the mission of a maternity hospital and nothing more and nothing less. Well, two answers to, to that. One, it's already defined that they can only provide the services in a maternity hospital in the element that you've read there. But also, leaving that aside, it doesn't really matter what's intended by one or other of the parties right now, but rather how that is interpreted in the future. But if both parties right now understand clinically appropriate to mean stuff that you do in a maternity hospital and nothing else, th- then where would the dispute arise? The dispute would arise if in future, in the next 299 years, somebody is in charge of either being the Minister for Health or the landlord or the or the uh, or the, uh, the 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 new National Maternity Hospital company as to what clinically appropriate means because although you say both parties agree yeah so there will be no cause for to bring it to court has written it into the agreement okay um, so your concern then would be that someone could change their minds at some point down the line 300 years is a long time to decide that this will be the governing uh, yeah. role for uh, for the if it's <clears throat> if it's straightforward yeah. why is it not defined okay you also said uh, in your preamble and I wanted to come back to this that the uh, NMH uh, and that Vincent's group would own the building now Stephen Donnelly has been <clears throat> on the record time and time again I think it was possibly one of the, the, the things that he said yesterday regularly on Twitter as well is that Vincent's will own the land uh, the state will own the building and that NMH DAC is only going to be based basically the operator of the building, but that the state would own the bricks and mortar. You disagree? I do, because the lease says otherwise, and that's the term of the agreement. Schedule one of the lease confirms that, uh, the first schedule confirms that the landlord is in control and will own the land and the buildings and any future buildings built on it. So, and any future buildings. And any future buildings. So, so it's not so just, not the, just buildings the buildings now. that are there right now, yeah. but rather the, the everything that you might construct on it in future. And don't forget that this this uh, building, when we do build the, this building, it's not going to be, last for 300 years. It's probably going to be replaced a number of times across t- uh, 299 yeah. years. So the ownership will roll over in respect yeah. of that. Um, so I'm looking at it here now. First schedule, and again, this is legal documents on radio, but first schedule, uh, what, what is contained in the premises is all that part of the campus being the property shown and edged there on red, together with any buildings erected or to be erected upon and together with all additions, alterations and improvements from time to time there too and there on. So th- this would appear then to suggest that the ownership of the new building that the state is funding will be vested in uh, St. Vincent's. But I- in fairness, uh, this was uh, raised with um, the department and or St. Vincent's Hospital yesterday by yeah. Ellen Coyle, who's a, a, a yes. journalist with the, the Irish Independent. Yes. And she said... She put that to them and mm. she said, well, why is it the case if, if you're saying that it owns it, that the schedule yeah. shows otherwise? And they came back and they said, oh, well, it's like owning it. Well, yeah, because they will we'll say have it it, for 300 it's not germane because if you're handing back the same bricks and mortar in 299 years, then what's the value of it? That would be fine if it were not the case that a lease doesn't just say, here's a building I'll see you in 300 years. There are covenants and controls which the landlord has placed upon the operation of that building, which are a part of the lease. And that can only happen yeah. because they do own the building. So well, they, they, this brings us to the other question then, and this is uh, reverts to a point which I don't know if you heard me uh, make it in, in the first hour, but we are to believe, based on their, their presentation of Vincent's and the presentation of the government, that there is no religious influence now in the running of this parent group because the nuns signed over their share of the entire Vincent's group to a new St. Vincent's holding, which is a charitable endeavour. So that the, the whether you 
believe it to be too good to be true or not, the nuns have handed over their ownership of the entire healthcare group to a charity, a secular charity at that. And that even if you have questions around the landlord being able to influence the operation of the hospital, that there's nothing to worry about because the landlord is secular. Well, let's let's first of all take, uh, and uh, I regret to have to do this to your listeners, but it is interesting nonetheless. They The nuns have handed over the shares to a charitable company. Mm. That company owned the shares in another company called St. Vincent's Healthcare yes. Group. So there's the holding company, which is the charity, and then the healthcare group, which is the operating parent company. And it's the, and it's the, the operating thing. group, which will be the landlord. So it's it's, deter- it's it's constitution, which will be the first port of call for the entity, which okay. is the landlord. So, and it is St. Vincent's Healthcare Group is the landlord here, not the holdings company. Correct. Okay, right. So the landlord... And is St. Vincent's Healthcare Group then not still a secular runner of health services? Currently, the new constitution, which was registered with the uh, charities regulator only on the 22nd of April this year Mm. states that it is a uh, company which intends to provide for the mission of Sister Mary um, Aiken Aikenhead yeah. uh, in relation to the provision of healthcare services including yeah. uh, those the where those missions uh, relate yes. to the dignity of human so life. So I say St. Vincent's Hospital was founded by Mary Aikenhead as part of her mission to provide service to the poor. It was funded by a fellow sister's diary and established at St. Stephen's Green 1834. In the continuation this is the preamble of the constitution of this new company to which the landlord. Um, in continuation of the fulfilment of this mission St. Vincent's Healthcare Group will strive to be a valuable part of the Irish healthcare system, dot, dot, dot. Be known for the higher standards of care, dot, dot, dot. Be a private independent healthcare group, dot, dot, dot. Be true to its values of human dignity, compassion, justice, quality and advocacy. So it's very much a continuation. While it may not now evoke the Sisters of Charity as the basis, it remains the same ethical framework explicitly mm. and it explicitly derives that ethical framework from the uh, the mission of the Sisters but of Charity's was, founder. But was the ethical framework intended to be so wide and encompassing as to limit the termination of pregnancy or gender affirming surgery? The fact that you have to ask that question and we don't have an answer is grounds for saying that this deal is not a done deal in terms of there being no religious influence but rather it is subject to questions that have not yet been answered. So you think that the very fact that that is inserted in there has some kind of a only if you if you view the the actions of the sisters as being somewhat cynical that it has a chilling influence on how the hospital would operate. Well, I should go back to one of the the requirements under the lease, which is that, and the Taoiseach has been very clear about this. It says it's a ten euro a year deal for rent. It's only ten euro. Uh, the Taoiseach has been saying for for the rent, but actually the rent is defined in the lease as eight hundred and fifty thousand euros a year, falling to ten euro a year if they are in compliance with with certain T's and C's. And the, and the T's, T's and C's, C's not fairly boilerplate. They're not uh, standard enough. The centre T's and C's, the one right in the middle, is very unusual because it li- it says that you can only use the hospital for permitted uses and permitted uses is a defined phrase and once again... For the provision of public health services save for any reasonable period of non-use due to repair, yeah. reinstatement or other bona fide reasons. And if you travelled up to the definitions you find that once again that's defined as being things that are clinically appropriate and uh, this is in the lease, clinically yes. appropriate and legally permissible. Well, the the, the lease also does, uh, or rather the, the, the operating licence, which has been set out between this healthcare group and the National Maternity Hospital, it also commits the landlord to allowing the provision of NMH health services. And NMH health services is defined further down as being all legally permissible services. So the, um, the, the terms of the licence 
specifically see Vincent's conceding that all legal services will take place there. They, they concede that, but only within the, the main object of the action of the the company that it, the company can't perform anything because the company's own constitution can't go beyond what is clinically appropriate and legally permissible. But who is to say that what is well in the first in the first instance what we come down to is the landlord will be able to say this is not clinically appropriate at any point in two hundred ninety nine mm. years, e- even if they they wouldn't do so now at any point in two hundred ninety nine years, if they do so. The price for the uh, for the, uh, the the hospital to disagree is that the rent jumps from ten euros to eight hundred fifty thousand euros but, but a year. In, but in the in that event, then can you not exercise the fallback option because you could argue that Vincent's is in breach of its commitment in the license and that the state could therefore just buy the land? No, you could not because the the, license... is that not the purpose of the the option agreement is supposed to be there in the event of either party not meeting its obligations and the license op- and the option agreement is also includes a requirement for the clinically appropriate and legally permissible tests okay. to be applied uh, I'm, I'm running up against the clock here yeah. but um, some uh, advisors in charity law have told me that the reason why the 850 grand rent is there even if they never intend to charge it is that under charity law as good governance you are required basically not to give away an asset for nothing unless there's some sort of compelling side reasons to do that so as a charity under good governance they are required to stipulate what the market rate would be and then say although it'll be 10 euro as long as you abide by all of these boilerplate clauses well really the question then is what boilerplate clauses do they choose to put in and they've chosen to put in a very significant one uh, we're completely up against the clock Simon McGar uh, is the author of the GIST newsletter worth googling and also principal at McGar Solicitors thank you very much for joining us On the Record with Gavin Riley. brought to you by PwC Sunday morning at 11 on News Talk.